Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware. And this morning, our sermon is titled Imperishable Inheritance, and it is the first in a series called Imperishable. And we'll be going through the book of 1 Peter, and we're going to start in chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you've had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello, everyone, and I'm so glad you were able to join us today. This is the first Sunday after Easter, and I know it was so different last Sunday, not being able to be together in person, but there were so many of you watching from your homes, over 2,500 to be exact, that I could feel the Spirit uniting us in our one purpose of celebrating our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed, and that is our hope and promise for the future. Amen? Now, I can't speak for you, but a lot in my life has changed over the last few weeks. And one of those things is my schedule over the next month or so. Three out of the next five Sundays, I wasn't going to be here for various reasons and trips that have now been canceled. So I hadn't made any preaching plans for those Sundays since we had outside speakers coming in. Well, all that changed, and now I will be here. So I had to sit down with the Lord and come up with a new plan. And as I prayed about that, I looked at the lectionary and saw that it would be going through the book of 1 Peter. And as I read through this book, I saw immediately that it has a lot to say to us right now. It was written to a lot of churches in what was known as the dispersion, or those Christians who had dispersed away from Jerusalem and into the surrounding lands. It was written to give them words of encouragement in times of trials and struggles. He actually calls them exiles, which infers isolation. And since I kind of feel like an exile at the moment, separated from those I love and isolated in my home, going through challenging times, I felt this was a good time to listen to these words and see what they have to say to us today. And as I read these opening verses, the word imperishable really jumped out at me. The word perish means to become destroyed or ruined, to cease to exist, to deteriorate or spoil. To be imperishable means that it is not subject to decay, that it is enduring and lasting forever. 
To put it simply, to be perishable means able to be destroyed or die. And to be imperishable means to endure and live forever. With all the death and destruction going on around us in this coronavirus event, not just the actual deaths, but with everything that metaphorically seems to be dying, like our financial stability, our ability to go where we want and gather together, the loss of our personal freedom, and even the loss of human touch. The idea that anything could be imperishable, that something good will live or last forever, is very appealing to me right now. Our passage today says we have something that is truly imperishable. And we are going to take the next few Sundays to explore what the writer calls our inheritance, all the gifts we have received by the grace of God in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all that is ours by faith that can never be taken from us and will never perish in any way. And today we will explore that imperishable inheritance. Now let me read the opening of our passage again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I'm not usually one to take apart a passage of scripture line by line, but I want to take apart this really long sentence because it has so much to say that we can't just gloss over it. So what does the writer mean by a new birth into a living hope? The phrase new birth can also be translated born again. We might remember that Nicodemus struggled with the concept of being born again, thinking about actual birth from his mother, but that is not how we as Christians understand being born again. For us, it can be synonymous with being saved. The moment we put our faith in Jesus and receive salvation. New birth begins when we put our faith in Christ. And although this is an oversimplified explanation, it's kind of like hitting a reset button, starting life again as we put the past behind us and become new people with new identities as followers of Jesus Christ. Most of us understand that we make mistakes, that we don't live the way we were created to live. All the ways we fail to love, the mistakes we make are called our sins. Now, admitting those failures, those sins, and making the decision to ask forgiveness, intentionally seeking to live a better way, is what we call repentance. Now, repentance, by definition, is turning around or turning from our sinful ways and deciding to live a different way. But that's only the first step in being born again and starting that new life. The second part we hear about from Jesus himself in Mark 1:15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Two steps. Repent and believe in the good news. Well, what's the good news? Well, Jesus has brought the kingdom of God to earth 
And our passage today reminds us that our new birth comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. After we repent from our sins, our faith, our belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, whose death on the cross gave us freedom from sin, and who, in rising from the grave, gives us that new life. We have received this imperishable inheritance. The writer of 1 Peter calls it a new birth into a living hope. And I believe this is a beautiful description of what we receive when we put our faith in Christ. A living hope, one that never dies, one that sustains us for eternity, one that protects us through all the trials we find ourselves facing, one that has so much more to give us than we can imagine. And we will talk about all that in the weeks to come. Now the writer calls it a new birth into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. I think most of us understand at some level what an inheritance is. It's something we inherit. Didn't see that one coming, did you? It can be either kind of like an estate, usually money or property, passed on when someone dies. It is also defined as a birthright or heritage, which is something intangible or cultural passed on through many generations. The person or people who inherit those things are known as heirs. Now, I read some pretty interesting inheritance stories on the web when I was doing some research. Did you know there was a very rich man in Portugal who had no blood relatives? So he decided to select 17 people at random from the local phone book to give his money to when he died. He didn't know them. He never met them. And they were very surprised when the lawyers got up with them after he died. They were heirs and didn't even know it until they received their inheritance. Then there was the story of the homeless man in California who ran from the police thinking they wanted to arrest him when all they wanted to do was let him know that he had inherited a fortune from his brother. Sadly, they never found him, and the money went to his ex-wife. So what does it mean that we have an inheritance, especially one that is imperishable? Well, when I first read this, I thought of the passage in Matthew 6, 19 and 20, where Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. We all should know by now that material things just won't last. That when we die, none of that will matter. And that things can be stolen, break down, disintegrate. That money will be spent or go to someone else to be spent. I think about that rich man who picked those 17 people at random. They had no clue what inheritance was already theirs. They were heirs to a fortune, chosen to receive what some would call a better life once they received that inheritance. I wonder how it would have changed them if they had known ahead of time. Would they have lived differently if they had known what was waiting for them? Did you see how the stock market rebounded as just a suggestion that the government was going to send out those stimulus checks to those that need help them rally? People may not have been certain they would actually get them, 
But just the idea relieved some anxiety. Maybe there was someone who didn't take that drink because they knew there was hope that they could pay the rent. Maybe there was someone who for a moment could believe they would get through this mess because help was on the way. I don't know, but I can guess someone must have felt that way. There was hope. But we all know that even with that stimulus check, it's not going to last forever, probably gone as soon as it comes in, and then where is that hope? See, once we have faith in Jesus Christ, our hope isn't in money or checks from the government. Our hope is a living, breathing hope because we believe that Jesus Christ is alive. Our hope is knowing that God has already acted to give us living hope through Jesus Christ. Because he died for us, we know we can have forgiveness of all our sins. Because he rose to life from death, we know that he has conquered death. So everything about our past has perished or been destroyed in the eyes of God. And nothing in the present has any power over us at all. He lives in the hearts of his believers. And so we know he is acting through the Holy Spirit to help us endure, to help us live through anything this world throws at us, knowing that God has already made a way for our future, a future that is certain and sure, a life that never ends, a life that has no more suffering, no more tears, and only joy and peace. Because Jesus Christ is alive, our hope is a living hope, and it can never be taken from us. It's not based on our finances, not based on our health or whether or not we get this virus, not based on whether or not we can go to church or whether or not we have a job. It's based solely on the love of God given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. He is our salvation, which means we have been saved by grace through Christ. By faith in Christ, we have become heirs to the eternal love of God, become his children. And, God, and Paul reminds us of this in Romans 8, starting in verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. God's love for us never dies. And that is our imperishable inheritance, eternal life held in trust for us as we live in this world and the holy love of God that never dies. We have received salvation by faith, but not fully. We live in between. God has given us new birth into a living hope, and we are living in that hope here and now. Yet we won't receive our full inheritance until Christ comes again. It's hard to understand, yet even harder to explain to anyone who does not have faith. But our faith, though tested in times like this, allows us to stand firm and not be shaken. It allows us to have confidence that no matter how bad things seem, that we are loved with an everlasting love that will not let us go, that this challenge will pass, 
will perish, but God's promises will stand forever. He holds us in the palms of his hands and will never let us go. Look at the cross. Look at the empty tomb, and you'll know it's true. God lived, died, and rose again because of his great love for you, for the world. He won't leave us. He's with us every step of the way, no matter how hard life here on earth gets. Yes, our faith will be tested in times like this. Trials and challenges find us asking the hard questions and wondering where God is in all of this. Well, he's right here with us, and he has already given us our imperishable inheritance, that new birth into a living hope that will never die. That when pain and sorrow seem to grow, when everything around us seems to be dying, when everything we've counted on in our lives has disappeared, we have the promise of eternal life. And we have the power of God watching over us until that sweet day when Christ returns. Because we have this hope, even in the midst of these difficult times, even if death comes for us, we can have confidence that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that we find in Christ Jesus. That one day he will return and everything will be just as God created it to be. Our salvation is that imperishable gift. Death itself was defeated when he rose from the grave. Nothing could take Jesus' life from him. And because he lives, nothing can take that life from those who believe. And we live differently when we know that this inheritance is already ours. We can live without fear of the future. We have strength to endure. We know that we're never alone. And we can have peace in the midst of a tidal wave of anxiety and fear. For those who don't yet believe, I want to tell you there is an inheritance waiting for you right now. One that will last forever. That is imperishable. Don't be like that homeless man who ran away in fear and never got to enjoy his inheritance. Let your faith in Christ give you a new birth into a living hope that fills you with joy and peace even in the worst of times. During these dark days, claim your inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Receive the salvation of your souls and hold on to that treasure. It's worth more than all the gold in the universe and lasts forever. Stand firm. We will get through this by the grace of God together. Embrace that living hope. Amen.